In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. In our gospel passage this morning, the one who formed man from the dust in the beginning spits onto his fingers and places them on the tongue of a deaf man. At Jesus' sigh, the Holy Spirit loosens the string of the mute tongue. A man who had never spoke plainly uses his first words to join the chorus that erupts around him. He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. When we come before the Lord, our first words should always be words of praise and thanksgiving. The prayer Jesus teaches his disciples, which is the template for all prayer, begins, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Great and honored is your name. There is a Jewish morning prayer that begins, Blessed be the Lord God, who hath formed the lights. How many of us begin our day by thanking God for the rudiments of existence and things as basic as light? There's a hymn in the Eastern Orthodox tradition that does exactly this. It praises God for all that is and takes nothing for granted. Everything good is a gift bestowed by the Father of lights. The hymn soars as it praises God for the heavens resplendent with stars and for the beauty of the universe. Then it plunges down to earth, thanking God for the perfume of the lilies and roses and for the different tastes of each berry and fruit. Towards the beginning, the hymnist exclaims, Thou hast brought me into life as into an enchanted paradise. We have seen the sky like a chalice of deepest blue where in the azure heights the birds are singing. We have listened to the soothing murmur of the forest and the melodious music of the streams. We have tasted fruit of fine flavor and sweet-scented honey. We live very well on thine earth. It is a pleasure to be thy guest. The hymnist says that we live in paradise if only we have the eyes to see it. There's never a lack of things to praise God for. He has taken to heart the words of St. James that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning. The hymnist prays for God's many gifts is not ignorant of life's hardships. Towards the end, he writes, 
The dark storm clouds of life bring no terror to those in whose hearts thy fire is burning brightly. Outside is the darkness of the whirlwind, the terror of the howling storm. But in the heart, in the presence of Christ, there is light and peace, silence, alleluia. Even in the most challenging and difficult times, we as Christians are to be filled with gratitude, with all the abundant promises of God inscribed on our hearts that all will be well, that one day God will be all in all. Nothing can shake a heart filled with gratitude for God's abundant promises. In our epistle passage, St. James speaks of the gifts of God in close connection with the problem of wrathful anger and particularly wrathful speech. The recognition of God's generosity, we learn, should serve as an antidote to wrath. Looking back over the last year, I think we could make a strong case that wrathful anger has become our nation's besetting sin. Some of us act on this anger, but for most of us, it forms an undercurrent in our lives, occasionally rearing its head. Maybe it's the store clerk or the stewardess that takes the brunt of our wrath. Maybe it's seeped into our family life and made our lives more difficult. Maybe our children are being formed by our vitriol and learning that the world should be confronted with anger and disdain. Anger is not bad in itself. Jesus gets angry. Most of what we have seen on the news over the last weeks should cause anger. This is not a sin. Anger becomes sinful when it's mixed with hatred, when we come to desire the misfortune of the one we are angry with. I'm speaking about the warped anger that gets satisfaction from the failure of others, the type of anger that relishes the blunders of our political opponents and hopes for more, the kind that enjoys the failure of someone who has wronged us. I suspect few of us are above this wrathful anger, and it's certainly a sin. When we are angry in this way, we work against the purposes of God, and we work against his kingdom. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, as St. James says. A couple of weeks ago, Father Yoder quoted a passage from C.S. Lewis's famous sermon, The The Weight of Glory, and it was a passage that I haven't been able to get out of my mind since. Lewis says that all day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or other of these destinations, heaven or hell. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities, it is with the awe and the circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, 
all our friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. Let this sink in for a moment. All our interactions, in some degree, push one another towards God or away from him, towards heaven or to hell, towards everlasting splendors or immortal horrors. Lewis says that next to the blessed sacrament itself, our neighbor is the holiest object presented to our senses. Our day-to-day interactions are never with ordinary people, he says. None of us have ever spoken to a mere mortal. Every interchange we have ever had is with another immortal being created in God's image. The person sitting next to you in the pew is an eternal being. The stakes are high, and even our most mundane exchanges are filled with eternal significance. What we say deeply matters. St. James says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this man's religion is vain. We must ask ourselves, in what direction do we push those around us? Do we help them move closer to God, or does our anger, jealousy, lust, gossip push them and us towards eternal separation with God? St. James identifies the antidote to wrathful anger that's so desperately needed in our times. True gratitude eradicates anger and gives us perspective. It refocuses our minds on the gifts and promises of God. The famous G.K. Chesterton once wrote that gratitude is the highest form of thought, and the aim of life is appreciation. He goes on to say that gratitude, being nearly the greatest of human duties, is also nearly the most difficult. The hymn I quoted earlier was the result of prolonged reflection on the givenness of all creation. Gratitude is not cultivated overnight. It takes a great deal of work. It's easy to be grateful for a moment, but difficult to live a life defined by it. Christians are called to a life of gratitude that overflows onto the world around us. This life is anchored in the acknowledgement that everything is given to us by God. Light, berries, family, everything comes from God. Let us pray to the Father of lights, that he may touch our tongues, our eyes, our ears, and reveal the paradise he's given us to live in. Let us petition our Father to heal our senses so deformed by sin that we may honestly say with the hymnist, we live very well on thine earth. It is a pleasure to be thy guest. 
Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.